This is the Point of Drew Podcast. everyone welcome back to another episode of point of drew uh we got episode 16 today we just re- finished up a, a crazy weekend of sports with uh the college football playoff semifinals going down as well as week 17 of the nfl so the playoffs are set uh, we got a lot to break down today but as always i got my boy z here with me how we doing z man i'm excited the playoffs are, are set it is a uh, playoff football time we've been waiting for it all season uh, and it's been a crazy year, but, uh, you know, week 17 ended today and now uh, we're down to the games that really matter. I'm pumped. Yeah, who would have thought uh, before the season that we'd actually get all the way through, um, really with that on schedule too, which is, was, I know, definitely debated quite a bit. Um, and so it's, I'm, I'm pumped we ended up on schedule and, and we got a, an awesome playoff set. And so um, before we jump into the recap of, of week 17 and, and just kind of overviewing the playoffs as a whole, as always, let's break it down. Jersey corner number 16. Why don't you lead us off? Yeah, definitely. I thought 16, um, I was expecting it to be a little bit better of a jersey number than it actually was. Um, once I started looking into it, looking at some of the guys who repped 16 um but the first honorable mention i'm gonna give out two honorable mentions um that are guys that deserve to look here uh first being lynn dawson the uh the former chief i've actually got a little chief's helmet sitting over here in my uh, apartment that's signed by lynn dawson uh his autograph has 16 on it lynn dawson 16 so gotta gotta give my man lynn a, a shout out um, and then the second honorable mention I have is going to be Pau Gasol. Uh, he always wrapped 16. Uh, we know how big of a, a part of those Laker championship teams he was. Um, and, and really just a phenomenal career from start to finish. Uh, awesome dude as well off the court. Uh, you know, there's not a lot to uh, dislike about Pau Gasol. Definitely deserves a, a shout out for number 16. I agree with both of those, um, both great shouts with Pau Gasol and Lynn Dawson. And I actually, as one of my honorable mentions, have Lynn Dawson as well. Um, like you mentioned, longtime Chief, uh, won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs and is actually um, considered part of, I, I believe, the Kansas City um, Mount Rushmore of athletes uh, alongside of Tommy Watson, uh, George Brett and uh, new, newly, uh, a new addition of, of Pat Mahomes as well. So, um, legend there, and, and Lynn Dawson at the number sixteen. And the other guy that I have uh, as an NBA player as well, uh, a European as well, Peja Stoyakovic, mm. um, one of the one of the more legendary shooters of of all time in the NBA. Uh, he's a two time three point contest champ, um, and. A fact that I remember from growing up was uh, actually unquestionably really the best player on backyard basketball. Um, so including, I mean, <laughs> that computer game has been around since, I don't know, 2001 or so, but um, it was, it was popular when he was peaking. And so he was even better than the juggernauts like Pablo Sanchez and, and Dimitri <laughs> Petrovic on, on that one. So um, Peja Stoyakovic, not only a great NBA player, but really, really good in backyard basketball. Yeah, I'm glad you threw in the backyard basketball shot there because that matters when you're picking a you know jersey corner. It's we got to consider all aspects of the uh, the player, and that's definitely a big part of it for Pedro. So good shout there. Um, but yeah, so my winner of the number 16 uh, jersey corner, the best ever in my eyes to wear 16. Uh, also a former Chief, but uh, better known for his days. With the 49ers, it's Joe Montana, uh, four-time Super Bowl champ. Uh, I mean, he's in every single GOAT uh, conversation. When you're talking about the NFL, when you're talking about the quarterback position, um, you know, arguably Brady's got him passed now. Uh, and there, there's other people like Manning in that conversation. But Montana's definitely one of those names who is in that conversation every time it's had um really is one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it um 
had some help from uh, Jerry Rice as well. But uh, Montana definitely deserving of uh, of the award for me. My winner, Joe Montana. Man, that's I really like that uh, that shout because I'm actually going with it as well. Um, Joe Montana, Joey Mountains uh, definitely deserves the to be the best at number sixteen. I think it's pretty. Pretty, pretty irrefutable. Um, he all started back. He won a title at Notre Dame in college and then landed with Bill Walsh with the 49ers and, and really kind of pioneered that West Coast offense with, like you mentioned, Jerry Rice. And I think he played like 10 or 11 seasons uh, for the 49ers and was an eight-time Pro Bowler, like you said, a, a four-time Super Bowl champ, was undefeated in, in the Super Bowl, yeah. um, won a couple MVPs as well. And so, I mean, man, if he doesn't go down with that injury, uh, I think it was like an elbow or a shoulder and yeah. get replaced by Steve Young, um, you know, he, he may have rattled off a few more and, and been had an even better conversation for uh, the GOAT. And so uh, I think Brady uh, may have surpassed him and then Mahomes is, is kind of on his way, at least as it looks like right now, but uh, definitely the best to do it at 16 and maybe could have been even better than that. Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, that's back to back weeks. We've uh, agreed on our winners. We had 15 was uh, Mahomes, 16 was uh, Montana. So back to back chief quarterbacks. Who would have thought that uh, the two best to uh, ever wear their respective jersey numbers were Kansas City Chiefs players? But uh, I would have not have guessed it. Um, <laughs> pretty pretty crazy. We probably had a little bias in there um, voting them, just knowing they're both Chiefs, but. That's how, that's how it went for us at 16. Um, I have a feeling we're going to, the streak will end at 17 for us agreeing on these, but um, that was good. Yeah, absolutely. Can't disagree with it. Um, So yeah, we'll, we'll hop into some NFL playoff conversation, uh, give you the full playoff picture, everything you need to know about the matchups and a recap of week 17. Um, But first we're going to have a word from our friends over at Shug's Bagels. All right, Z. Let's play a little game of fact or fiction. Let's do it. Fact or fiction. Shug's has the best bagels, rolls, and wraps south of the Big Apple. Ah, facts. That is correct. One for one. Off to a hot start. Fact or fiction. Shug's recently replaced Wheaties as the true breakfast of champions. (laughs) Uh, Sounds right to me. Fact. Correct again. He's heating up. Fact or fiction, Shug's has the best bagels in all of Texas. Oh, you already know that's big facts. Yes, that is right again, three for three. Shug's Bagels is in fact all of those things and more. And they'll be open all week serving up that ooey gooey goodness. Go check them out in Park City's Village near SMU campus and on social media at Shug's Bagels. Shug's Bagels, the bagel that Texas deserves. All right, like we mentioned, the NFL playoffs are set. Um, there's a lot of, of changing around in the playoff spots throughout the day today as different teams were winning and losing. Um, it took a, a while for it all to shake out, but now we have the AFC playoff uh, officially set. Um, so the Chiefs, our Chiefs, got that one seed, get the bye. Um, two seed Bills will be taking on the seven seed Colts, the three seed Steelers versus the six seed Browns. Uh, and then wrapping up the AFC is the four seed Titans versus the five seed Ravens. Um, but tell me, what did you see in week 17 that kind of led us to, uh, to those seedings? Man, it was uh, a pretty epic week 17. Um, the highest scoring day in red zone history, uh, supposedly, wow. it really showed. Scott Hansen was uh, he was a little off today. You could say he called called Bruce Arians mask a, a chin diaper at one point. Um, made a comment about the Vikings defense, and you know, could I could kind of tell he was going to go off the rails there. He even knew it, and then basically just stopped talking. Um, so some interesting <laughs> missteps from Scott today, but I think it was due in part to the uh, just craziness of of what happened on the field today. So many touchdowns. Um, some pretty pretty crazy games in the early slot. We saw the Bills drop 56 on the Fins. 
um, in a game that the the Finns had to win. And so yeah. they end up on the outside looking in in the AFC. And like you mentioned, the Colts coming in there, getting the seventh seed um, and, you know, with a win over the Jags today and, and everything's set. And so, uh, you know, more than anything, I would say just the Finns going down uh, in the AFC was was pretty crazy. And then the Browns are going to come in at, at the sixth seed, um, getting a win over the Steelers, uh, making uh, what is it? 15 years has been 15 years. 2002. Since made- so a little, a little yeah, more yeah. than that. Yeah. 18 years. So breaking that streak. So congrats uh, Cleveland Brown fans out there. That's pretty awesome. And they're actually going to be playing the Steelers uh, again in that wild yeah. round. So crazy day, man. Anything, anything, you know, really stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, I would touch on that. That Bills-Dolphins game uh, was definitely a weird one. I've been saying it all year that Ryan Fitzpatrick should be the starter, and they were going to go with Tua regardless, but then Fitzpatrick had to get placed on the uh, COVID reserve list this week, so he wasn't able to to step in and save the game for him like we've seen. But I also saw the uh, the final score of that game was 56-26. to 26. Uh, no other game in NFL history has finished with that same score. So uh, kind of a, we- a weird one. Not something we see often, especially in a must-win game for a Dolphins team trying to sneak into the playoffs. So that was a, a weird one, but a, a fun one. And th- that Bills offense is looking really nice right now. Um, and then I also thought the, uh, the Titans took him a last-second field goal uh, to, to knock off the Texans and secure that four seed. Um, if they would have lost that game, they actually would have ended up in the seventh seed and the Colts would have taken that four seed. Um, so, I mean, it just shows you how crazy the day was. It could have gone either way that, you know, they get the four seed and home field advantage when they could have had the seven seed and, uh, you know, been on the road against a, a really tough opponent in the bill. So, uh, you know, it was a weird day in the AFC, but I'm excited for these matchups. I think we're actually going to see some really good games in this uh, first round of the playoffs. Well, exactly. The best part of the the new format with seven teams is Wild Card Weekend is now going to have six games. So three yeah. in the AFC. Um, like you kind of said, we'll just go through them really quick and uh, maybe make some early predictions here. But in that first game, uh, we have the Bills as the two seed taking on uh, the Indianapolis Colts as the seven seed. This one's going to be in Buffalo. I, I did hear that the Bills are actually going to have be able to have a limited amount of fans um, at this game after not having all season. So I don't know how much that'll move the needle, but what do you see here? I mean, obviously the Bills are on a roll putting up 56 today. Yeah, uh, the Bills are on a roll. They have been scoring. Their offenses look great the past five weeks or so. Um, and, and you know, I, I have never been the biggest believer in the Colts. I did not pick them to make the, the playoffs in our preseason predictions, uh, but they were able to sneak in today. Um, I, I do think the Colts can give the Bills a little bit of a run, um, but I think the Bills offense is just way too good right now. And, and really, I do think the Bills are the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC. I think the Bills will end up winning that one but what do you see in there what are you looking forward to in that one similar as you man it's Dable's got these guys rolling Josh Allen I've never been more trustworthy of usually I'm pretty leery of his ability to to kind of make plays when it matters like we were joking about earlier this year it's like yeah Josh Allen's the best quarterback I know that will consistently miss a receiver by 15 or 20 yards um, which is crazy. That just doesn't really happen. His his variance and kind of how how bad he can look at, at on certain throws. But it's not. He's really been putting together what has been an incredible season. Uh, clearly growing up in front of us. And so uh, I'm pumped for Jalen. <laughs> Go Bills at this point. Uh, I, I that said, I I do think people are a little, getting a little ahead of themselves automatically saying hey yeah I think the Bills are the they may be the most complete team but in the playoffs Mahomes versus Josh Allen I'm not 100% sold yet so they do look good I do think they're going to be able to beat the Colts who um, have been pretty Jekyll and Hyde-ish all year they've come out some weeks and look good and then others they, they fall flat on their face they do have a competitive defense Jonathan Taylor's looked incredible I think he had you know, 253 yards today, which is just a monster game. And so uh, it's a fun matchup. But like you mentioned, the, the Bills are probably at least, I don't know what the line's going to be, but maybe 10, 10 point favorites, eight, 
eight to 10 point favorites opening up in this one. So yeah, I like the bills. Yeah. And then, uh, so the, the next matchup is actually a rematch of week 17 in the Steelers in the Browns. Uh, the Browns will be back in Pittsburgh for this one. Um, and you know, we, we saw the game today, although the, the Steelers didn't really quite go out there trying to win this game. Um, so it won't be a exact rematch of this week 17 game. Uh, but I mean, the Browns are back in the playoffs. This is the best Browns team we've seen in, in probably two decades. Um, you know, I, you think the Browns have any shot at actually upsetting the, uh, the Steelers here. The Steelers have not looked good over the past five weeks. They've taken four losses in five weeks. It's been, uh, you know, kind of all downhill in the, the last quarter of the season for them. The Browns could do it. You think? Oh man. First off, just congrats to, to the Browns. If you're a Browns fan, I, I can't even imagine uh, the torture you've had to endure. So <laughs> Good for you guys. Uh, Stefanski's done an incredible job um, getting to them to where they're at, but I, I'm not really giving them a chance. I still, when I watch them, I, I can't help but feel like there's still the same old Browns who are going to choke somehow. They almost did today against a lot of backups for for the Steelers, and um, you can just from the just the culture and who those teams are, what's in their DNA. I just think the Steelers are are made for the playoffs here. Um, and yeah, they've looked pretty shaky recently, but um, I'm not, I'm not giving the Browns much of a chance to win here. What about yourself? I'm going to agree with you completely. Um, I do think even though the Steelers have kind of fallen off a cliff almost the last couple of weeks um, and taking quite a few losses to end up the season, I still think they're the much better team. And I agree with you when it comes to the playoffs, uh, the Steelers team is a team who knows what they're doing in the playoffs. They've been there before. Roethlisberger's done it. Uh, you know, that whole coaching staff in Pittsburgh has done it before. Uh, they know what to do, how to prepare. And, I mean, it, it took a lot for the Browns to even beat the backups today. Uh, I just think this uh, Pittsburgh defense is definitely going to be able to step in and, uh, you know, really make it tough on Baker and his first playoff game. And, um, you know, first playoff game for a lot of these Browns players. So I uh, definitely think the Steelers have a, a pretty strong edge here. And I think the Steelers will uh, definitely get it done next week. Yep, we agree on that one. And, and then the final AFC wildcard game um, this upcoming weekend, the Tennessee Titans will be hosting the Baltimore Ravens. This is a rematch of uh, the first round game last year where, where, ba where Baltimore was actually hosting uh, the, the Titans and the Titans upset them, uh, knocked out Lamar after his MVP season. What do you see here? It's, it's, it's a pretty intriguing game, I'd say. Yeah, so the, the first two games we talked about, I think the Bills were a pretty easy decision for me. And then the Steelers game, I, I felt really comfortable picking the Steelers. This is the game I'm least sure about. I don't have a great read on it. I'm not that confident in either team. Um, I actually do think the Ravens are going to win this game uh, and, and maybe get a little uh, revenge after last year when the Titans knocked them off. Um, but again, like I said, this is the game I'm least sure about. I think it could go either way. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry has looked unstoppable. Uh, you know, past that 2,000-yard mark today, which is a huge accomplishment. He became the eighth player ever to, to reach that 2,000-yard rushing mark. Um, but that Ravens defense can be really good. Uh, I think Lamar has been a disappointment in all of his postseason games so far, and I think he's ready to, uh, you know, turn that narrative around, show that he is a guy who can be built for the playoffs, who can, uh, you know, show out when it matters. Uh, I think he's ready to change that narrative. So I, I am rolling with the Ravens. I think they can edge it out. A lot, a lot riding on it for Lamar, for sure, as he uh, is yet to get that first playoff win. I think he's 0 for 2 so far. But um, I would agree it's super tough to call this one. Teams seem super even. Um, I, as much as I want to see a, a Lamar um, Mahomes matchup in, in round two, just because I do think the – the uh, the Steelers will move on, so I guess the Ravens would be the highest seed left, um, and so they'd then the, we'd we'd see them go to Arrowhead. But as much as I'd love to see that game, I'm going to take the Titans here. Maybe it's just to be a little different. I don't know, but uh, Derrick Henry's been rolling, uh, eclipsed 2,000 rushing yards this season, which is just 
crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's I, this offense. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in the Ravens just because of really the, for more than anything, it's the gambling losses I've, I've had uh, <laughs> from, from them this season. Uh, I've had to endure just week after week thinking they're going to bounce back and, and they lay another egg. And so um, that's definitely clouding my judgment a little bit, I would say. Um, but it's, as you said, it's super even. So I'm just going to lean Titans in this one. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm glad we uh, disagreed on at least one of those matchups. Um, but yeah, some really awesome games in the AFC. But if we, uh, you know, transition over to the NFC side of things, um, I'll run through the seating real quick in the NFC. So the Packers secured that first round bye. Um, they do have the one seed. The Packers will get that bye in the playoffs. The two seed Saints will be hosting the seven seed Chicago Bears. Three seed Seahawks will be hosting the six seed Rams. Um, and then the fourth seed, uh, disclaimer, we are recording this prior to the Sunday night game um, where we will, uh, you know, find out who the winner of the NFC East is uh, right now. Um, the Washington football team is in position, but if they lose tonight in the Sunday night game, the Giants will actually win the NFC East. Um, but regardless, the, the NFC East winner will get that four seed and will be taking on the five seed Bucks. Um, so we can, uh, you know, talk about what we saw in week 17 again with these teams. Um, start off by talking about the Packers, that Packers Bears game. Uh, you know, the Bears were hanging around for a while and then the Packers just kind of pulled away right at the end. Yeah, this matchup was kind of exactly – I was expecting it to go pretty much exactly how it went. Um, Bears were frisky for a while, but inevitably Aaron Rodgers had a lot on the line in this one, including um, the, the MVP and just sealing that up, which I think he really did today. Uh, yeah, I think he threw three, three touchdowns in the first half, maybe ended with four, and so big game from him. Packers look like probably without question, I think at this point, the best team in the NFC. The Bears, however – that said, they do they do with the loss get the seven seed and still make it into the playoffs. But man, the Bears aren't good. They've they've beaten other than that weird Thursday. I think it was a Thursday night game against the Bucks. They have beaten uh, no teams with a winning record this year, um, mm. and yet they're still in the playoffs. That's fine and all, but I I don't think they're very good, um, and, and they're going to take on the Saints. So yeah, I think the the Packers, congrats, uh, the earning the buy and, and it being a one seed with the uh, the ability to play all those games in Lambeau, that's a huge advantage. But uh, the Bears, <laughs> it's not a huge one when you're playing the Bears. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, weird weird season for the Bears, honestly. They started off 5-0. and um, You know, after two weeks, we saw the quarterback change from uh, Trubisky to Foles. Um, and then they kept winning games and then I think they lost four straight to go to five and four and then have played, um, you know, right about 500 the rest of the way out. Um, so just kind of interesting season for the bears, but, uh, they got into the playoffs, um, snuck in over the Cardinals who, who just missed out. Um, what did you think about this Cardinals team this year? Do you think that the Cardinals should have should have made it. Uh, do you think they're a team who was good enough to make it and disappointed, or do you think they're maybe still a year away from, from even deserving a spot? Yeah, man, that's exactly it. They, they remind the Cardinals this season remind me a lot of the dolphins and the AFC, both those teams, unfortunately found themselves on the outside looking in today. Um, but they're both super similar. I think they're both super young and talented. They've got Tua and, and Kyler, very young quarterbacks who are both, um, very high draft picks. And so I think they both have bright futures in front of them. Um, but at this point, I, I, like you mentioned, I do think they're just kind of a year away. Uh, and so really like the way it shook, the way everything shook out and the teams that are in the playoffs, I think all deserve to be there with the exception really of the bears. Uh, the NFC was a little, uh, it wasn't very, there was not as many good teams I would say. And so um, that seven seed, someone had to get it. Someone had to get the four seed. Right. But um, I, I do think most of the teams, especially in the AFC and then most of those other teams, the NFC deserve to be here. Um, and yeah, the Finns, as well as the cards, like you asked about, uh, they're, they're both probably a year away or so. Yeah, I think uh, that's a really good point you make. So the, the Bears do get that seven seed. They'll be taking on the Saints. Um, what are you looking forward to in that one? Do you have, a, a, you know, it seems like both of us um, 
aren't too confident in the Bears being able to put up much of a fight against the Saints. Um, are you rolling with the Saints in that one, I assume? I am rolling with the Saints. I think they, they win pretty easily. I'm not expecting uh, Matt Nagy to, to pull any Minneapolis-type miracle down in, uh, in the Superdome. I just don't see that happening. Um, they may keep it kind of close. Like, they, you know, they were able to be frisky in the first half. But, yeah, I think the Saints win this one pretty easily. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I think the Saints win it pretty easily as well. I think the Saints are a really complete team. Um, you know, we also – we've been hearing rumors about it all season, but I think the true report started coming out today that uh, Drew Brees is planning to, uh, to hang it up, to, to call it quits and retire after this season. Um, and I think he'll be fired up. I think that is going to get this Saints team fired up, rallied around him. He's been uh, – you know, since he came into the league almost – you know, 20 years ago has been right at the top of, of quarterbacks in the league. Um, you know, probably two or third, third best quarterback over that stretch. I think the saints are going to rally around him. Want to go out there, get it done for him. And, and uh, you know, like we both said, don't believe in the bears. And I just think the saints are a much better team. I expect the saints to come out and roll in that one. Yeah, man, that's a great call on, on breeze and really being used as a motivating factor. Um, I didn't really think about that, but that's something you're absolutely right about. He is seemed like he will hang it up um, after this season. And the, the Saints have been so close as a franchise the last few years and have had some really devastating playoff losses. And so uh, I, I do think that team, everything's kind of coalescing at the right time. Um, Sean Payton, I trust him more than any other coach, particularly in that NFC. And so yeah. uh, we'll see. But yeah, I think the Saints move on there. Uh, in the next wild card game, we have uh, the Seahawks hosting the Rams, a little interdivision matchup here. Um, we just saw in week 16 the Seahawks take down the Rams. The Rams look pretty pretty bad as of late. I don't know if what the status of Jared Goff is in, in that injured thumb. Uh, they missed him today uh, as John John Walford got the start uh, for the Rams. But another NFC tilt, NFC West tilt in this one. What do you what do you see happening here? Yeah, so like you said, the Rams have been uh, kind of down the past couple weeks. But before these past couple weeks, I was really high on the Rams and thought the Rams were the best team in that, uh, you know, NFC West division. Um, definitely will make a big difference on whether Goff's coming back or not. Uh, I saw I saw some stuff on Twitter that uh, Walford, John Walford, who uh, started for the Rams today, he uh, people were, were tweeting out pictures of his LinkedIn profile um it before he uh made the move to becoming uh what he called on linkedin a professional athlete he was a private equity analyst and had a couple other like investment intern uh wow. position so uh definitely a pretty big career shift for him to uh now be starting for a, a playoff team and potentially in a playoff game um so i think it does matter if golf is healthy or not but if Goff is healthy, I actually think the Rams can come out and surprise the Seahawks and uh, can upset them in this game. I think the Rams have the tools in place. Uh, they're, they're a team we've seen make deep playoff runs in the past. And uh, I actually, you know, definitely trust Sean McVay. Pete Carroll's a great coach as well, and we know Russ is, is awesome. Um, but I think the Rams could surprise some people, surprise the Seahawks, and uh, could actually pull off the upset here. I dig, I dig the upset call, and I, I really like the uh, the fun fact on Walford. Uh, yeah, going from living that analyst life all the way to the NFL field in like a week or so. That's that's crazy. And speaking of Walford, I actually I actually think he may give the Rams. A, I mean, I, I watched a lot of that game today, and he wasn't great, but uh, he's a gamer, man. I mean, he he was fired up, and uh, you know, didn't look too uh, too out of place on on the field there, and so. Um, as many of you guys know, and, and, and Z, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big time Jared Goff hater. I do not have much stock in him. I don't think he can really play. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think, well, I don't, I really don't think the, uh, the difference between Walford and Goff is, is that great other than the experience that Goff has and, and past playoff runs. Um, and so, yeah, I think whatever guy goes here, um, it, it, it won't make a huge difference, but I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks just because of, uh, of having Ross and his ability to just make plays in, in crunch time. I do think the Rams have 
obviously the better defense, but I just don't know if it's going to be enough given uh, the offensive struggles we've seen lately. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's going to be a really fun game. I think that's, uh, you know, similar to that Titans-Ravens game of the AFC. I think the Seahawks-Rams is probably the toughest to call of these, uh, you know, first-round matchups um, because this last matchup, uh, in the NFC, it is the winner of the NFC East, which, uh, like we mentioned, is either the Giants or the Washington football team. Um, and they're going to be hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hosting Tom Brady, hosting a Bucks team who, um, you know, definitely looks like they could beat anybody in the NFC. Um, what are you what are you looking at in that game? Do you think there's any way uh, one of these NFC East teams could actually make any noise in the playoff at all? It's a tough question because the Bucks look so damn good, but both the Giants and the Skins, who or I guess the Washington football team, who would be um, be the winners of the NFC East, kind of have the right recipe to get the bucks out of out of their rhythm uh they both have good pass rushes both have good front sevens which can as we know bother brady um and that's really the key to beating the bucks um but that said i don't really buy it i think the bucks are absolutely rolling uh yeah they had a a little bit of a close close game today with the falcons but just watching that team if brady i think brady is fired up and and really wants to prove it to all the haters out there that he can go out and win in the playoffs with another team without Belichick. Um, And they have so many weapons, man, watching that offense and their, their defense has a high ceiling. They don't play well every week, but they can play well. We've seen them do it. Um, So yeah, I, I, I'm taking the bucks. Can't, can't do it. NFC is too weak, but uh, what do you, what do you see? I'm right there with you. We've been clowning the NFC East all year and it's not going to change. So uh, right now, I think the first quarter is wrapping up in the Sunday night game and uh, Washington's up 10, nothing over the Eagles. So if Washington holds that lead, it looks like they're going to be that team that uh, gets that four seed. Um, But I just don't think they are going to put up enough of a fight. I think the bucks are going to come out really prepared, um, really ready. It looked like Mike Evans, uh, he, he got hurt today, uh, looked like a hyperextended knee, um, kind of a ugly looking injury when it happened. Um, so the Bucks would obviously love to get him back. He can be a huge part of that offense when he's out there and healthy. Um, but regardless, I don't, I don't think it'll matter too much. I think this Tampa team is, uh, you know, really good and just flat out better than the NFC East. So um, I expect Tampa to, to roll in that one, move on. Yeah, and unless your uh, your Rams or or nobody's Bears can get a win and upset in in the first round, we're gonna get uh, likely Brady and the Bucks uh, to Lambeau in the second round, and so uh, that Packers Bucks matchup between Brady and Rogers, man, that would be a uh, that would be a lot of fun. So. It would. We we saw that matchup earlier in the season, and it was uh, one of the most surprising blowouts of the year. So. Uh, I wouldn't expect that to happen if we got round two of that matchup, but uh, that would be a really fun one. And I would love to see that one happen in the playoffs. I'm going to go out on a limb here uh, and just, just call it right now. I did place a future on it a couple weeks back and I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm going to take right now, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to to win the NFC, um, even being a, being a five seed. I love it. I like it. I like the confidence there. Um, so I guess I'll ask you then if you've got the, the Buccaneers winning the NFC, uh, who's your pick out of the AFC? Man, you know, I'm not picking against Patty Mahomes until, until someone beats him in the playoffs. Um, I, I'm going Mahomes. Yeah, that's a, that's going to be my pick as well. Um, I do think in the NFC, I'm rolling with the Packers. Uh, I think the Packers are going to make it out of the NFC. And I, I think we're headed for a chiefs Packers super bowl, uh, which would be the matchup I think would be quite possibly the most fun matchup. We'd probably see a shootout if that were the, uh, the Super Bowl game. But uh, yeah, I've got the Packers coming out of the NFC and the Chiefs coming out of the AFC. Uh, but any last thoughts on these uh, playoff matchups? You know, not really. I'm excited. I think that Titans Ravens one, like we were talking about, is is definitely probably the most intriguing. I'm I'm most looking forward to that, at least mm-hmm. in the first round. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And we got 
we got like four or five weeks left of football. So let's, uh, let's enjoy it. Absolutely. We're definitely going to enjoy it. Uh, when we come back, we are going to talk about the NFL um, awards. So we'll run through our picks for MVP, for um, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year. Um, we'll run through all of that and our picks for those awards when we come back. All right, the NFL awards. Um, like I mentioned, we'll run through MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, um, Rookies of the Year on both sides of the ball, and then Coach of the Year. Um, but we'll start with MVP, the most heralded award in the NFL. Um, you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier that you think Rodgers locked it up today. Uh, is that who your pick is for NFL MVP? Yep, I'm rolling with A-Rod. I think he's got it. Um, another great season and, and really kind of picked up steam as the season went along. Um, second season in a row that they're 13-3, and three, and so super impressive out of Rodgers. And uh, Mahomes has been close. I think Derrick Henry uh, deserves to be up there. I mean, 2,000 rushing yards in a season hasn't happened since, since 2012, and so that doesn't come around every year. Uh, mon monster season for uh, just a monster dude, um, but yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Rogers uh, with a slight edge over Mahomes and, and D Henry. What about yourself? Yeah, I uh, I'm in the same spot as you. I'm I'm rolling with a Rod as well. I think Rogers, um, you know, he led the league in touchdown passes this year. I think he finished uh, today with 45 touchdown passes. Uh, threw for over 4,000 yards. He also led the NFL in uh, quarterback rating. Um, I mean, the, the stats are all there. The team record is there. Uh, you know, everything lines up for Rodgers. Um, you know, Mahomes uh, looked like he was deserving of it uh, at several points throughout the season. Uh, I think even lately, there's been a little bit of talk of Josh Allen, although I don't think Josh Allen quite had uh, the resume to deserve the award. Um, and I, I like how you mentioned Derrick Henry. I think he's the one non-quarterback who really affected winning for his team more than anyone else. I think uh, Derrick Henry is a good shout there. Um, but yeah, I'm rolling with Aaron Rodgers. I think he deserves MVP. Yep. So we got, we both have Aaron Rodgers. No, no shock there, but the next award up uh, defensive player of the year. Who do you like for this one? So this one was really tough for me. I was going back and forth between TJ Watt and Aaron Donald and finally ended up with Aaron Donald. I think Donald um, is just the most impactful player on the defensive side of the ball in the league. I think he, the way he can wreck games, the way he can, you know, control how teams scheme ahead of games Um you know, he commands double teams, even times triple teams from offensive lines just because of his ability to get in there, break things up. Um, you know, TJ Watt had a really impressive season. He finished with 15 sacks and an interception um, and definitely, you know, garnered my attention. But Aaron Donald's locking it in for me. Aaron Donald is my defensive player of the year. What about you? I like it. And you're exactly right. It's definitely between uh, these two guys, um, TJ Watt and Aaron Donald. Uh, both were completely dominant this year for their respective teams. Um, I'm going to be a little different here. I'm going with TJ Watt. Uh, they, you know, they tied for sacks with the NFL lead at 15, but um, TJ Watt had 27 uh, quarterback hits, which was actually 14 more than Aaron Donald's. 13 and so that's the the big stat there I think that's would that would make him uh classified as the most in fact impactful pass rusher <laughs> the amount of uh the amount of times he was able to actually get to the quarterback um so I, I'm gonna go with uh with TJ Watt I do want to give a shout though um to Jesse Bates uh as you know I'm a big uh, secondary guy Love when, when corners and safeties can go out there and, and make an impact as well. And, and Jesse Bates was the highest-ranked DB um, per PFF. He had an unreal season. I think he was third or fourth uh, in the NFL in tackles. And uh, he's actually, for, for those of you who don't know Jesse Bates, he's the starting uh, safety for the Cincinnati Bengals. So pretty bad team, but uh, was really a highlight for them. 
Yeah, that's a good shout out and, and a good pick. Like I said, TJ Watt, it was tough for me to pick against him. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I just did lean Aaron Donald. Um, but I like that. You've got TJ Watt for defensive player of the year. I'm leaning Aaron Donald. Um, moving on to rookies of the year. Um, you know, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Looked like for a while, your guy, Joey Burrow, was probably in the lead for this award. Um, but we know what happened with that situation. Super unfortunate. Um, you know, side note, I, I did see a video of him earlier this week. He's like, he's starting to walk and, uh, yep. you know, starting that rehab process, which is great to see. But, um, you know, he's not going to win this award now. Um, for me, when it comes to Offensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going with Justin Herbert. Um he surprised a lot of people, including myself. Uh, I did not think he was going to be their starter this year. I've always, you know, kind of liked Tyrod Taylor. I thought Tyrod Taylor was going to be a guy who's going to show up to the Chargers locker room and lead that team from day one. Uh, he had a weird situation, obviously, but as soon as Herbert got placed in that lineup, things immediately clicked for that Chargers offense. Herbert was throwing the ball all around uh, and, and looks like one of the, uh, you know, most promising young quarterbacks in the league. So Justin Herbert locking down my offensive rookie of the year award. Do um, you have anything different there? Yeah. I mean, first thing I want to, I want a hell of a season for the guy, uh, Justin Herbert. I didn't have a lot of faith in him, uh, as you know, um, coming into the year uh, as a prospect. And not only did he take over the starting job, thanks, unfortunate, that's situation with Tyrod Taylor, but, um, he balled out all season long, man, and, and really looked like a leader. There were some definitely question marks about his ability to, to command a, a huddle and, and lead a team. And, yeah, he the Chargers are pretty dysfunctional, but he really rose above that um, and had an absolute uh, beauty of a rookie year. And so uh, as much as yeah, he really balled out, I'm going with another Justin, though, uh, Justin oh. Jackson of the, uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings. Jay Jett is my guy. Uh, rookie record for the receiving yards is broken today. Uh, broke it earlier. Broke Randy Moss, the, his his Vikings teammate's record um, early in the game today, and then actually broke the NFL record for receiving yards for a rookie. And so, hell of a season. I mean, he's been a I would say a top three or maybe four receiver in the league this year um, as a rookie, which is, is just crazy, man. I mean, Devontae Adams has had a, an unreal year. I think Stephon Diggs, maybe maybe D-Hop as well. But um, aside from those guys, I'd put him right up there with them. Uh, it has been absolutely crazy. And a guy from who was recruited to LSU as a two-star recruit um, is now making setting records as a rookie in the NFL, which is he's come so far. And yeah, I don't think he's probably going to win the award. I think that's probably going to Herbert based on his season, but, uh, but Jay Jett is Justin Jefferson is my uh, offensive rookie of the year. I love that pick. And uh, you know, it's interesting of those wide receiver names you throw out, uh, you know, Jefferson actually got traded for Stefan Diggs. Uh, mm -hmm. It's one of those rare situations where it looks like a win for both sides um, you know, the Bills have been really happy with what Diggs is doing, um, but the Vikings couldn't be any more pumped about Jefferson. Uh, he really looks like he's on track to be one of the great receivers in the league. So love that pick. Love, uh, you know, your confidence in your LSU boy. Um, you're going to find a way to pick an LSU player regardless, and you got it done. And, uh, you know, I think Jefferson is, uh, you know, pretty deserving of a, a strong look for that award. Um on the uh, the defensive side of the ball, um, I'm riding with Chase Young. Uh, I think he is a really impactful player off the edge. Um, and I thought he was going to be immediately when, uh, you know, Washington picked him number two overall. Uh, everyone thought he was a guy that was going to immediately come in and make a difference, and he has. I think he's everything that everyone hyped him up to be. Uh, coming out of Ohio State and has, in my eyes, been the best defensive rookie in the NFL. Yeah, got to agree with you here. It's it's really not even close. Chase Young wins it by a landslide. Um, he's been the most probably disruptive player on a very talented front seven for the uh, the Washington football team. In his rookie season, six sacks, four QB hits, 23 hurries, which I think was second in the league, and then uh, five forced fumbles as well. And so it was, was incredibly productive. 
um, on that defensive line. And he's only going to get better, man. That, uh, that Washington front is, is formidable. Um, and, and they're just going to keep going up from there. So, yeah, I agree. Both have Chase Young uh, as defensive rookie of the year. But one thing I want to shout out as a kind of an honorable mention here, uh, he hasn't played all that many snaps, but Legereus Sneed, yeah. our yeah. corner – He's uh, he's actually the highest rated corner in the rookie class uh, per pro football focus and really has been the best corner on the Chiefs all season. And so he's not not very talked about, uh, definitely flying under the radar, but I had to give him a shout. Uh, Legereus, keep it up, man. We're going to need it in the playoffs, uh, but keep on great. Hell of a rookie year. Um, So good shout there. Yeah, love that. Um, And then the last award we're going to hit on is the NFL Coach of the Year. I had a little bit of trouble with this one. I think there were, um, you know, a few coaches that had awesome years. Um, but I'm going to go with Sean McDermott. I think, uh, you know, it's the first time in, I, I think it, it's been over a decade since uh, someone besides the Patriots has won that division. Uh, you know, McDermott was the guy that did it. Uh, I think the the way he led the Bills uh, and really, you know, put good coaches around him to lead that Bills offense, who he just talked about, is one of the most explosive offensive teams in the league right now. Um, the way he's developed some of the younger players. I just think McDermott all around has proved um, that he is a, a really good coach. And, uh, you know, there were questions about him prior to the season there were questions about the Bills, wondering if they were ever going to get over the hump and, and be a team who could truly contend in the AFC. And it looks like McDermott has answered all of those questions and proved that he is one of the best coaches in the league. And, uh, yeah, he's taking home my award. I'm rolling with Sean McDermott for Coach of the Year. That's a great call. Uh, McDermott deserves a ton of credit for where the Bills are at today. Um, like you mentioned earlier, probably the uh, – the, the biggest competition of the Chiefs at this point, um, at least the way they've looked recently, 56 points today. What a what a game. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, John and the offense are absolutely rolling. So, love love the McDermott shout there. Um, I'm going to take it in a little bit of different direction. Uh, I have kind of a 1A, 1B. And my 1B I'll lead with is, is Matt LaFleur, mm-hmm. uh, Packers head coach. He's now 26-6 and six over his first two seasons with the Packers, two, two seasons in a row at 13 and three and has really come in from the jump and been super successful, which has just been impressive. Uh, he's my one B though, just because he's got Aaron Rodgers. Um, th- that really counts for something when you have a, a hall of fame uh, MVP caliber quarterback like that. So I'm going to have him at one B and one a getting his team, his franchise to the playoffs for the first time in 18 years, Kevin Stefanski. Um, I think he's come in and really turned around the Browns as, as a franchise. Yes, I don't have a lot of faith in them, given their quarterback. You know, Baker's been pretty weak, I would say. Um, but I think Stefanski's overcome that. He's created a lot – basically a super run-heavy offense with the two backs they have. Their defense is uh, is pretty talented and has played well enough to, to get him in the playoffs. I think they – they finished with what 11 wins or so. And so good, good season there. And, and uh, you know, really good work in, in this first year as head coach for the uh, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I like that pick a lot. Um, I'd be interested to know. I, I don't know the answer to this. Um, I just tried to Google it, but I'm, I'm not seeing it, but I think uh, Stefanski, if he were to win the award uh, would be the first ever first year head coach to win coach of the year. Um, this would be a major accomplishment for, for Stefanski if, um, you know, he were to get that nod. Um, and, I mean, you mentioned LaFleur. He's the guy in his second year. So, it looks like there are some really good young coaches that are, um, you know, definitely proving to be some of the best coaches in the league right now. I like that Stefanski pick and definitely like the way he shaped that Browns team this year. Yep, exactly. So, coach of the year. You're rolling with Sean McDermott in the Bills, and I'm rolling with Kevin Stefanski in the Browns. Uh, that'll wrap things up for uh, the 2020 NFL Awards. It's been a, been a crazy season. I can't believe it's over. Um, excited for the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, that, that'll wrap things up. Anything else to add before we jump into uh, the uh, college football recap? No. Um, man, I, I mean, I'm excited about all of this. I'm excited about the playoffs and, and some of these matchups and um, – you know, 
I was skeptical about this NFL season, especially the, the first couple of weeks of the year when we started hearing all these, uh, you know, COVID rumors and stuff, but they got it done and uh, they're in a good spot for it. So uh, hoping everyone stays healthy for the playoffs. We don't get any type of, of scratches like that, but uh, man, it's awesome. Playoffs are here. It is time to, uh, to really lock in. So, uh, you know, we mentioned it all. We're, we're ready for it. But, yeah, um, you know, let's get it. NFL playoffs, they're back. Yep, exactly. Stoked to be here. The best four weeks of the year. Uh, and so we're almost uh, all, all leading up to that final final game in Tampa. So looking forward to it. I'm hoping our, our Chiefs get there. But a, a lot could happen with the Bills playing as well as they are. You can never count out teams like the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, on the AFC and then the NFC is, I would say, pretty wide open at this point. Um, so yeah, a lot, lot to come. Uh, but we'll be, we'll be breaking it down for all of you guys as it happens week by week. Um, but before we get to the college football, we are going to hear another word from our friends over at Shug's Bagel. This episode of Point of Drew is brought to you by the one, the only Shug's Bagels. Termed by many as the new breakfast of champions. Shug's will be open all week long, serving up their famous bagels, rolls, wraps, and burritos. What? Yeah, you heard me, burritos. Go check out their new special, Miguel's Burrito. Spicy chorizo, golden hash browns, juicy peppers and onions, and pepper jack cheese, all snugged up in one of their delicious wraps. Go show them some love on social media, at Shug's Bagels, and pay them a visit in Park City's Village right near SMU campus. Shug's Bagels, the new breakfast of champions. All right, we saw the college football playoff uh, over the weekend on Friday, New Year's Day. Um, you know, neither of the games were that great, I didn't think. Uh, you know, the scores kind of reflected that. Um, but a surprise in the uh, the Clemson game and a, a surprise to uh, a lot of people, but not you. You did predict the Ohio State win. And, and I wanted to, to start off talking about that game. Ohio State knocks off Clemson 49-28. Davo goes out sad. Trevor Lawrence goes out sad. And uh, Justin Fields really looked awesome in that game. Um, you know, what did you see in that one? Yeah, man, I, I, I was very confident that uh, Ohio State was being overlooked. I think from a talent standpoint, they are probably the most talented team in the country. I think Bama is the most well-coached and, and very up there in terms of talent. I think all, all three, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, are very talented. But I think Ohio State wins out in terms of talent and that they were definitely being overlooked there. And I think I know you and, and I were both sick and tired of Trevor and Dabo. I think a lot of the country was. And so it was fun watching them go down in what was an incredible rematch. I mean, like you mentioned, Fields goes off for, uh, for six TDs. And um, that running back from Oklahoma, Trey Sermon, goes nuts mm -hmm. as well. I think he went for close to 200 yards. Um, and it, it, you know, it was a fun one, right? Like it started out, Clemson jumps out 7-0 and is pretty close to the first quarter. And then – Ohio State blew it open in the second quarter with uh with 21 unanswered um, and actually went up at half 35-14 and then from there they just never really looked back and were able to win it like you mentioned 49-28 um, definitely a revenge game for the Buckeyes man after last year they they wanted to shut up the haters especially particularly Dabo after that number 11 comment um, you know mm -hmm. that's shit like that it just makes people go sour on Dabo so I think he's gotten a little too cocky um definitely lost some uh some people's uh favor um for sure but Clemson and, and Trevor go down which is I know you were pumped about what did you what did you think about that one yeah I mean I was just pumped from the start um you know Ohio State hopped out to an early lead and then just kept adding on um you know I'm <laughs> I'm uh, very outspoken about my uh dislike of Davo and so I was, uh, you know, happy to see this Ohio State team roll uh, the way they did. And, and for Justin Fields, I mean, he looked tough. We saw him take that hit where I thought his ribs were cooked, man. I thought they were going to be a, you know, full slab of ribs. Um, got barbecued on that hit. But uh, he bounced back, stayed in there, and, and uh, was still playing. You know, outplayed Trevor Lawrence. And 
you know, there was a lot of instant reaction, and I think people were kind of jumping off just to to find a take with this. But um, you know, the Jaguars are going to have the first pick in the NFL draft, and they're going to take a quarterback, and it's probably going to be one of the quarterbacks from this game. Um, does that game, this single game, change your opinion of who should go number one in the NFL draft, or is or is that crazy? Is Trevor Lawrence still the better prospect who deserves to go one? I don't I don't think the game changes who the Jaguars take. I still think they will take Trevor Lawrence because he, he is the best pro- prospect. Um, however, I will say that the gap between Fields and, and Lawrence uh, is much less than people think. It's not um, super wide. Everyone thinks Trevor Lawrence is head and shoulders the, the best prospect prospect which I I do think he is the best prospect and and the Jaguars will take him one but uh, I think it is close and um, we'll see as things go on and the the draft happens and and there's more further evaluation but Fields definitely made a good case for himself tonight going for six TDs and and outplaying uh, Lawrence on the biggest stage yeah I'm with you I still think Lawrence goes number one uh, but I agree with you that gap isn't as big as some people have thought um you know, I really liked what I saw out of Justin Fields. But in the other game, um, we saw the Alabama Crimson Tide um, win pretty easily over Notre Dame, 31 to 14. Um, what did you see in that one? Man, Notre Dame is uh, it's just classic at this point, how how embarrassing they are in, in, in uh, BCS and New Year's Six Bowls. Now 0-7 um, in their last seven matchups and lost every one of those by 14 points or more. Um, so I know people have been throwing that stat around, but that's just, I mean, that's horrible. They, they, this, the system is failing if they keep making uh, it into these spots and just get absolutely embarrassed. And so uh, I, I would call for some change there. Let's, let's make it a little bit more stringent on Notre Dame's ability to get in. We've <laughs> <laughs> seen by their, their blowout losses. And this one was fun, man. I think it was kind of when exactly how people thought it was Devonte Smith. I will say I'll make one last case for him, but he goes off again. Uh, seven catches for 130 yards and three TDs. And he really, I think, is deserving of the Heisman. Um, leads all receivers in the country by, I think, almost 500 yards. Uh, so just been dominant at the receiver position and, and been the best player on Alabama, who's the best team. And so that's generally the logic we like to use. Best player on best team. Let's let's continue to do it and, and give, give the guy the Heisman because he deserves it, man. Yeah, I uh, I love that pick and uh, Devonte Smith to win the Heisman. Um, do you know who the last wide receiver was that won the Heisman award? Was it Crabtree? No, he didn't win it. It goes all the way back to 1991. Desmond Howard. Wow. Um, yeah, was the the last wide receiver to win the Heisman, and and I agree with you. Devonte Smith proved in that game that. He's good enough to win the Heisman. Uh, I mean, his athleticism is crazy. We saw that hurdle he had was unbelievable. I mean, everything he was doing um, was awesome. I think he's probably the best player in college football right now um, and really proved it. Yep, and Bama wins, no no surprise there. And and speaking of Bama, uh, I got to do it. I got to give a quick shout-out to to my cousin who is a, a Bama alum herself, Caroline Smith. Um, maybe the most loyal point of Druther uh, I've met to date. Uh, absolutely loves the podcast. He's always up listening, a very loyal supporter. Um, and so wanted to give Caroline a big shout. We appreciate the love, Caroline. Uh, we'll keep bringing, bringing takes every week. Um, we, we, we know you, uh, you've been enjoying it. And so I uh, wanted to give your, her a quick shout real quick. Yeah, definitely shout out to her. Um... But man, some some fun games this uh, this week, this weekend, both college and NFL. Um, you know, a lot going on with these uh, these uh, sports right now. It's been fun to watch. I'm excited for what's to come. The national championship game in a little over a week. We'll, we'll break it down and give our predictions for the national championship next week on the podcast. Um, but man, awesome, awesome uh, time in sports right now. Crazy, uh, crazy weekend. We made it, officially made it to 2021. Um, so looking forward to a, a better year than 2020. But um, Point of Drew will be sticking around. We'll be keeping up with all of the action in both the NFL um, and college football. 
uh, epic year. I had a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see you guys next week when uh, the playoffs get underway. Absolutely. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, enjoy it. 2021 is here. Uh, we're determined with you all to make it a better year than 2020. So let's uh, we'll manifest it right now on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for what's to come. And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Yeah, guys. And as always, you know the drill. Please like, rate, review, and above all, subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace.